All right, well, we just spoke with Aaron, our first stranger guest on Parenting, episode number three, and he was lovely. I thought we had a great chat. How about you, Mike? How are you feeling? Yeah, he was uh, He was great. Uh, he definitely has uh, some incredible experiences uh, in in Fairmount, in with parenting. Uh, so having someone there with uh, way more experience than you and I do, uh, you know, so, so he, he was he was very wise and he was very uh, confident and friendly and and uh, and uh, he was he was a great guest. Yes, and I would like I'm a little offended. Who moi? I have so much parenting experience. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm a I'm a plant parent. More like a plant step parent. Okay. My boyfriend takes care of the plants, but okay. I'm a plant step parent. I respect uh, it. Okay, so I just wanted to, I wanted to tie back to episode number one for a minute, making friends as adults. Did you happen to notice a Facebook post in the group recently about a young man saying he wanted to make some friends? I did not. Okay. Um, that is my boyfriend. Oh. For all of those who are listening in our neighborhood. Your man friend. Um, my man friend, uh, we've been talking a lot about, you know, he just had a like hard time with COVID, like making friends. And he, he like when he started at Penn a couple of years ago, he was like, oh, I'll make friends there. And then COVID hit. Um, so anyways, I have been encouraging him to post in the Fairmont neighborhood group because I've seen others do it in the past about like wanting to make a friend. And he's ended up, I think there's something like over a hundred likes on his post. And he has like a bunch of like man, man friend dates planned now. And I'm just super excited for him. And like goes to show episode one, like making friends as an adult is a pain in the ass, but you just got to put yourself out there. And I wanted to, I wanted to touch base on that and kind of bring it back full circle. That is very interesting. Yeah. So, so has he gotten some good responses? Yeah, I mean, he has, hold on, dead air while I look this up and I'll cut it out. I think he has something like, like I said, it was like a hundred and something likes. Here, he's a hundred and thirty-five likes and thirty-two answers. Wow, okay. Which was more than our stranger request got. Well. But people were like really down. Guys were like, hey, yeah, I need friends too. Let's do it. Wow. Just super awesome. I guess it's just taking that step and saying like, hey, be my friend kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do it. Wow. You got to do it. That's wild. Yeah. I never would have guessed people, know. you know. I guess there's some good good people out there. Has he actually met them yet though? He His first, well, he just posted it this week. Um, So his, his first uh, mandate, which is definitely what I'm going to call them from now on, is Sunday. Mmm. We have a couple days. Mm. yeah i'm excited for him i'm excited for him too good for him man yeah um so anyways listeners hopefully you've listened to episode one and for now enjoy episode three hello strangers hello hello welcome to episode three we have a special stranger guest aaron aaron would you care to introduce yourself oh gosh this is always the hard part isn't it um, hi, I'm Aaron. Uh, I do a lot of different things. Uh, I'm a dad here in Fairmount. I uh, work over at the University of Pennsylvania. And uh, when I have spare time, I am the editor and host of a couple of other podcasts. Uh, the Complete Discography, which is a uh, 
chronological read-through of the uh, Discworld works of Sir Terry Pratchett. Uh, and then I'm not actually the host, but I sometimes lurk in the background of the Babylon Project, which is a rewatch podcast looking at Babylon nice. 5. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Good for you, man. There are so many different kinds of podcasts out there. I'm always amazed. There really are. Yeah. We just hit 3,000 downloads on Babylon Project. I'm so excited. There's a podcast for everything. There's even one about strangers in Fairmount. It's crazy. There is. Yeah. So I wanted to explain to our listeners real quick how we found you. Uh, So as everyone is aware at this point, if they've listened to episodes one and two, Mike and I found each other on the Fairmount Neighborhood Group on Facebook a few months ago, have been working together for Mike's social media for his uh, business, Grow Now Therapy. Correct. Yep. And uh, (laughs) and we had this idea, shameless plug, Uh, we had this idea of two strangers in a podcast. And when Mike and I were texting about it, I essentially said, like, who would ever listen to something like that? We're going to talk about nothing. And Mike was like, well, I mean, Seinfeld did it and they made millions. So we have a shot here. So when we were going through our episodes and planning, this episode is on parenting and I am not yet a parent. So we knew we would need a third stranger in the mix. Uh, So welcome, Aaron. And thank you, Aaron was the first to respond to our uh, request for a neighborhood stranger. And we got a great response. So I'm excited to see what else we can do in the future. Um, But Aaron, you are our first guest in what is at this point in time, a non-published podcast, but will be published soon. <laughs> um, so let's jump into it. If if you guys are good to go, what's it like being a parent? Mike is a new parent. He's a new girl. Uh, a, a, what is it? Girl dad? Is that the hashtag? Girl dad. Hashtag girl, girl dad. dad. Okay. Made, fa- made famous by the great Kobe Bryant. If you were, if you would remember. Uh, so, uh, yeah. a, 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 a Philadelphia guy, a lower Marion guy, Kobe, uh, he, he really, uh, with that unspeakable tragedy that happened, uh, that hashtag girl dad really came about because it was of course him and his youngest daughter, I believe. Uh, and yeah, I am now a girl dad and it's, uh, it, it has been a wild, wild ride. She'll be, uh, six months now in about... Wow. In about uh, like uh, seven days, maybe something like that. I don't know. Bad at math. And uh, but yeah, so she'll be six months soon. And uh, man, so so I'm in that phase now, Aaron. I'm sure you can speak to this. Where uh, in the beginning we thought that we had the greatest sleeping baby of all time. So she would knock out instantly. She'd be in her bassinet and she would sleep without a wink from basically from seven to seven every night just knocked out no problem and then here comes that four month sleep regression when they start to have object permanence and they have higher cognitive skills and they know their parents are there they just they just can't see them so now i would say for almost two months now nights have been pretty rough yeah that sounds very familiar i'm I'm a little further along than you. I'm also a, I guess, hashtag girl dad. Um, my my two girls are going into fifth grade and second wow. grade next year. Um, but, you know, we still have fights over sleep. It's just different kinds of fights. Um, they're back in camps for the first time 
this week since you know the rona months ago Mm -hmm. yeah uh and they're super tired at the end of the day and you know they're they're at that stage of tired that i'm sure we're all familiar with which is the like i'm so tired that i cannot function and the thought of trying to go to sleep is too much work yeah sorry for you (laughs) it's okay it's okay you know, and we feel comfortable with the precautions that the camp is taking. So last night in particular was quite rough. Uh, my daughter mm-hmm. started screaming in her crib around two thirty a.m. and would only mm-hmm. go back to sleep if I laid in the bed next to her. Oh. Uh, so she, so I had to sleep in the bed with a baby, which is a big no-no. You're not supposed to do that because you you can possibly yep. fall asleep and roll over on top of them. Uh, but I had to sleep in the bed with her from two thirty to seven. Yeah, yeah. There was a period of about a year. Uh oh! Don't tell me. Maybe Mike longer, that. maybe less. <laughs> Whatever you're about to say, don't tell me that. Uh, this, I mean, this is hopefully a little on the extreme side, but uh, and there were extenuating circumstances. But yeah, my youngest. Um, there was a period of some period of months. My brain's a little fuzzy at this point, uh, where she wouldn't sleep from about three o'clock on unless i was actually holding her uh and i was also working on my dissertation at the same time so my cognitive skills were such that like hmm i could try and sleep trainer for a week or i could just do this this seems easier so have you heard of the uh cry it out method yeah we tried that it didn't work i mean maybe we just were too tired to try long enough i don't know she was very persistent yeah yeah that, I, I i i can imagine my daughter not it not working for her either she'll just keep screaming and screaming and screaming uh but it's also just it's also not something we really want to do you know because of you know it's it's does it just doesn't seem very humane kind of thing uh i guess but man it's it last last night in particular was uh, i woke up this morning really really tired and I'm, I'm the kind of person that can't really nap I'm, i don't nap i sleep at night and that's it and uh the sleeping thing has been rough but overall overall i being a dad is everything i ever dreamed of i always i i used to be a young kid and i used to dream about having my own kids someday so I, i'm i'm in the education slash therapy i work with kids as a living so it's always been something i've loved my uh my parents were amazing parents, or are amazing parents, and uh, my mom was a teacher, so that's kind of in my DNA to work with kids and that kind of stuff. And I've just—it's just—it's the best. She's she's adorable. She's fun. She smiles. She she's a happy baby, and it's just so much fun that it makes you forget about the nights. But now that they're adding up, I'm starting to kind of lose my mind a little bit. And, you know, eventually you, you'll be at, the, you know, a five-year remove and it'll all just seem like one long yes. night. And Kind of like the first couple of months. Like, she's, she's going to be six months soon, but month one through three seem like one day. Yeah. Just like I barely remember. Like, I look back at pictures of her, what she used to look like, you know, 15 pounds ago, and... I don't even, I, I don't, like, you don't even recognize her. Just wait until she's 10. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And then, like, and we know people that are, that have 
start to have their second one around this time. So like people like start to, you know, prepare for having a second one, if you know what I mean. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, practicing. and there you go, practicing. And I cannot even imagine that. Like, like this one takes so much work. How can you possibly want to have another one? See, the sleep deprivation related memory loss takes care of mm. all of it. There you go. There it is. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. Both of your stories make me real happy that I don't have kids yet. Well, you're a lot younger. Have... You're a lot younger than us. <laughs> that is fair. It's hard, but it's worth it. You know. That's it's, what I it's... hear. It's, def- it's definitely like, worth it. Like when I was younger, I really, really, really wanted to have kids, and the older I get, the more unappealing it looks and appears and feels. Well, the only thing that makes the only thing to me that makes it unappealing is kind of like I don't know, like the state of the world kind of thing. Mm. You know that I think about that a lot. Uh, that makes me think like you know, you know, like global warming, obviously, and the state of our country, and those sorts of things make me make me always kind of think like, what kind of world am I bringing my daughter into? Uh, but hopefully that works itself out because <laughs> that stuff's above me. Do you think that would? would stop you from having more kids? I don't know. I don't think the thoughts would, unless things got worse and worse and worse kind of thing. Um, I kind of would like to wait to have the second one until this pandemic is completely over. So I'm kind of like, like I I would, I like once the, once we're back to normal, there's no more variants. There's no more anything. Then I would feel comfortable having a second kid, but who knows when that's going to happen? Who knows if it's going to happen? I feel like COVID will be forever. People keep saying that. People keep saying that, and I don't know. I'm going to wait until I hear a doctor say that, not a social media person. Hey, that's insulting. <laughs> I'm, I could have been a doctor. You know, if it were up to my dad, I would have been a doctor. As a fellow social media person, I'm sending up for Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so what about you, Aaron? Do you guys... Do you and your wife want more kids? Or are you done? Or oh, we're we're done. done. Okay. There's there's no more room. Okay. There's no more room in your small Fairmont house. And uh, and I work at a university, so I know exactly how much money college costs. Are, are you a professor? Um, no, I I I work there. Uh, I do web and other stuff uh, in a small office. Awesome. Beautiful, beautiful school. Yeah, beautiful school. I've uh. I'm a transplant to Philadelphia, so I've been here since 2015, and walking through that campus, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah, we moved down here in 2008 because I was 2007 because I was doing my master's at Penn. Um, although I have to say, my wife is actually a Fairmont native. Oh, nice. So. Yeah, it was convenient that I was going to Penn because I knew we could move back here. Has she Where seen are you from a, originally? Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead Mike. Sorry. Has she see, has she I'm seen sorry? a lot of change, like over the years? Like has it like completely changed? Yes and no. Uh, I think more no than yes. I think it's still very much Fairmount. I think that you know there's a slight shift in demographics towards uh, a younger population, but more no than yes. I think it would would be the correct answer. Uh, Full disclosure, she also is a teacher at Bash Martin, which is our local public elementary. Which K-8. is where I 
may have she could have a future student of mine so i'm a big fan i'm a big fan of that school from what i know about it I'm, i'm sure you have nothing but positive things to say about it it's a great community and we're really happy to be a part of it Nice. That was a very political answer. I like to hear that. I like it. <laughs> so Jess, so say, ask the yeah. question you were going to ask, and then I have a nice little, did you know? Okay. Well, now I have two questions. But my, my first question was, where are you from? Who, yeah. me? Oh, uh, I'm actually a Californian. Ooh, I'm from the Bay Area. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, although actually I've been living in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is probably the place that I've lived longest as an adult. So I'm increasingly thinking of myself as a Philadelphia transplant, I guess. Okay. Where where in the Bay Area are you from? Uh, actually, I'm going to reference this as I do with nearly everything in my life, uh, universities, uh, about 20 minutes away from Stanford University. So really a bedroom community in the heart of Silicon Valley. Okay. Uh, I am an escapee from that world. Okay. Good for you. Can I ask my follow-up question, Mike? You should, you're, you're the host. I'm not. This is a you're, joint podcast. You're the lead stranger. No, I'm just the stranger who does the graphics. Erin, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's interesting that you were saying that your wife hasn't seen much difference in the Fairmount neighborhood because I have heard the exact opposite from my coworkers. And I wonder if it just depends on which end of Fairmount you're on. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a really a much more nuanced answer. Uh, there's many more nuanced answers to that question. Um, but I also don't want to get in trouble. Okay. <laughs> we'll keep it at that. Mike, what's your fun fact? So first, before my fun fact... Is it Fairmount or Fairmont? Mount. 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 A lot of people say Mont. Oh my God, that bothers me me so much. Me too. It's Mount. It's Belmont and Fairmount. There you go. Exactly. So I've heard so many people say uh, Fairmont. Fairmont. Yeah, Mm. so no more Fairmont. Okay, so my little tidbit is, did you know that uh, in the theme song to Fresh Prince where he's playing basketball outside of the school, that was in Fairmount. Yes, it was technically in Sharswood, actually. Sharswood? Sharswood, like Cecil B. Moore. Sharswood meets Cecil B. Moore. It was the basketball court around the corner from my old house in Sharswood. Uh, it's, It's actually the basketball court at Roberto Clemente on Wallace Street. Someone told me it was the basketball court in Martin uh-uh. Luther. It's on Wallace Street. It's Roberto Clemente by Laura Waring School. It's right there. Which is a very nice yes. place. Yes, so, th- so a pad. that's where he's, the that's where he's playing basketball outside of the school when the guy picked him up on his shoulders and spun him around. Right. So all you <laughs> listeners out in the world, television lies. It was not West Philly. It was not West Philly. Mm-mm. Back to parenting. So... Yeah. Aaron and Mike, question for both of you, whoever wants to answer it first. Do you have a mindset or are there things that you were raised by your parents that you swear you will never do with your own kids? Ooh. That's a good one. So things our parents did that, that we won't do? Mm-hmm. Whether it's like a style of parenting or a certain 
action uh my parents my parents definitely let us play a lot a lot a lot of video games so my parents like i had like every sega genesis game every super nintendo game uh all that kind of stuff uh and video games are a lot different now especially with online gaming I, i don't expect my daughter to like gaming at all uh but you never know but I definitely, you know, we, we live in a different world now. We live in a world full of technology and distractions compared to the early 90s. Uh, so I would definitely limit screen time and video game time and TV time. Limiting that is going to be huge. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the one I can think of. It's, com- I mean, so there's a lot of things that I find myself in the moment doing and then hearing one of my parents coming out of my mouth. Um, I think the thing that I try and often fail, but try really hard to do, I could always try harder uh, to do is really focusing on uh, encouraging positive behavior, encouraging you know, positive reinforcement as opposed to uh, focusing on something that I consider one of them doing wrong, if that makes sense. It's hard. It's really hard. Your brain doesn't work that way. You know, you you really want to to jump in and stop a, a, a negative behavior. And, you know, it feels good in the moment or it feels right in the moment, but ultimately I don't think that it works very well. You know, my, my wife is always talking about the actual research that goes into all of this stuff. And it it's, you know, the, there's this, this stepwise generation stuff that we all go through. And, um, you know, my parents were, were baby boomers. And so they learned from, the, you know they learned their parenting style from the greatest generation so it sort of trickles down um so really trying to break those cycles is can be challenging i'm just sort of rambling now because i'm really tired <laughs> yeah I'm sorry. Every, our strangers uh, it is almost 9 30 on a thursday night it is not early <laughs> yeah and it's my second day going back and going actually physically back into the office for the first time and i've been uh, walking all the way to Penn. Wow. Wow, that is exhausting. That's a, that's a walk, dude. It is. Uh, it's helping me catch up on my podcast debt. That is true. Now you have a new podcast to listen to. Yeah. There we go. So. Anyway. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Where was I? No. Uh, uh, like kind of yeah, anyway, re- reinforcing. Cycles. Yeah, reinforcing positives as opposed to as opposed to trying to stop negatives. That's, you know, that's not just my parents you know i think that's just really a parenting style that everybody absorbs and really trying to to not do that i think is beneficial both to them and to us mike i feel like you have a lot of thoughts on this kind of topic given your given your social media posts yes yeah which which i'm sure you're a big fan of uh so so overall uh, I 100% agree with that. So what we now know about uh, kind of trying to stop the negatives kind of leads to sort of that black and white thinking that a lot of kids have these days. Like, like this is right, this is wrong. This is good, this is bad. This is smart, this is dumb, that sort of thing. But when you praise the positives and it's more uh, direct praise, 
like, hey, I noticed you were able to get out the door on time. I noticed you did your homework for an hour. And it's direct and clear praise uh, instead of good work, you're so smart, those sorts of things. Uh, you really want to have that mental flexibility towards more of that growth mindset. So you want, you always want to have uh, kids recognize that what they're not good at, they can be good at it. You don't want to have that fixed mindset where kids think that their personality is permanent. You want them to uh, recognize that things can be attained and things can change. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Very well said. Yeah. I have a, a question that I think all three of us can participate in that is controversial that came up. Um, my boyfriend is taking a prereq class for his master's in nursing and it's, it's human development. And there was a discussion post this week about corporal punishment, spanking. Mm. How do you, Aaron's shaking his head. How never ever no okay yeah were that's, you were, it, were that's you in, that's in, as a kid very rarely very very rarely only when I did incredibly stupid things but that the idea of doing that is incredibly outdated so if you're if yeah. you're still today doing that you are a strange person find a yes. way to stop because it literally does nothing. Well, it yeah, does. It, it, well, well that, that's 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 incorrect. Yeah. It's it it's does traumatic. bad things. It's traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't agree with you two. You don't. Well, the research doesn't agree yeah. with you. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I it, this is something that my my boyfriend and I were talking about, and we are both on on the same page, I suppose. Um, that we we both like we were spanked as kids. Um, not anything excessive. Um, and there was always a conversation after the fact, you know, like, this is why I did this. This is what your behavior was. It was never like out of anger or spite. It was more of like a, this is your punishment, I guess. When and you have, when you have kids, you'll change your mind. You think? A hundred percent. hundred percent. Okay. 100%. It's so easy to say when you aren't in that position, but it's I guarantee you'll change your mind. Guarantee it. Okay. I'm curious, you know, I'm curious what our listeners think. So I don't want to alienate anyone for their parenting style, um, but I'm curious. It's violence against a child. It, there's no, there's no, the only time where it would anything close to some sort of something like corporal punishment would be if you're literally pulling them out of the path of a car, there's no other reason to be violent to a child. Exactly. Okay. It's yeah. So what is the level of, I'm not, I'm not trying to um, start a fight or rock the boat. Just curious. What would be the level of, aggression that would be so like if, if a kid gets a slap on the hand is that too aggressive yeah it's the same thing okay same thing I, same I thing. agree same exact thing that's teaching them that hitting is appropriate mm -hmm. hmm. 
Okay. Maybe I will change my mind when I, when we have kids. I think you already did change your mind. I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't change my mind. Um, okay. Separate. I'll, I'll move on. Do, do, do either of you have any questions? I feel like I don't want to play up the 50 questions game with you two. Anything that you wanted to touch on about being a parent, being a parent in 2021, eventually having teenagers that are going to have Mike and I's favorite topic, social media. Any, any comments or thoughts on that? Or is it just far too late? <laughs> God, I hope that by the time my kids are teenagers, social media has burned Me the too. Me too. Well, really? Yeah. Well, as two, and I do it for a living. I would say as two people who rely heavily on social media for your careers, it's an interesting statement to make. It's terrible. Yeah. I mean, your kids and are I almost do it teenagers, anyway. Aaron. What, mm-hmm. what are you going to do in five years if social media crashes and burns? I mean, there's always the web. There's all, there's always other stuff. How old, how old are your kids, Aaron? Uh, 10 and almost 7. So do they have cell phones? No. And some of their friends are getting them, and we are struggling with that mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do about that? Don't know. Hold out. Don't give it this to was, him. This was episode number two yeah. for us, Aaron. Don't Mike and I had a long him. talk about kids and cell phones. <laughs> Don't do it. Give him a, get him a Nintendo Switch. Oh, they have Kindles. There That's you go. They don't, I'm telling you, they don't need the phones, man. They don't need it. <laughs> do they get uh, laptops at school? Uh, yeah, we have Chromebooks yep. from, from Isn't the school district. Isn't that crazy? What are your, th- what are your thoughts it's- on that? It is. I mean, it was as a person who grew up with computers in my house way before a lot of other people that I know. Like we had two Unix computers in our house when I was like five. Um, so that was like 1987. Um, and we had a high speed internet in our house in the mid nineties uh, because of what my dad did. Um the speed at which my kids picked up computer skills over the last 16 months was just fascinating to watch. Like they were figuring out, they were figuring out ways around the various policy blocks that the school district were, was putting in place to chat with their friends during class and things like that. Naughty. You know, I I, like it. I, I don't honestly, I don't consider it naughty, it, considering how hellish the past year has been for them. It they they have been absolutely desperate for any sort of social interaction, and you know, <laughs> honestly, and my wife is behind me and she's a teacher, but I'm going to say this quietly into the mic. Uh, <laughs> if the if my if my fourth grader wasn't paying attention to class. That's kind of on the teacher. <laughs> She's laughing. <Yeah. laughs> so, so I would argue that your daughters would probably have learned those computer skills if there was a COVID quarantine or not. They did it quicker, yes. But now, so I'm actually, you know, being in the education field myself, I am against this whole Chromebook macbook thing that districts are doing so when we were all kids we got agenda books on the first day of school we got an agenda where we wrote everything down pen and paper 
Now kids are getting Chromebooks instead of agendas and everything's on the Chromebook. Uh, and people say, oh, because, you know, everything involves computers now. We live in a computer world. Kids have to learn computers. Computers and technology are everywhere. If they're not learning them in school, they're learning them at home. It's going to happen. Kids are going, like, when we were, when we were younger, we had computer class at school. We had one room in the school that had all the computers. So we can learn Word and Excel and PowerPoint and all those things. Kids now know those things by first grade, second grade. So it's like they're going to learn these computer skills. Yes, there should be coding classes and there should be a room with computers at school so kids can have computer access at school, of course, in the library and the computer room. But I'm a big proponent for pen to paper and I think the, I think the computers do more harm than good. So I'm going to push back on that in two different ways. First, a personal story, and then a story about Beish Martin. Um, I nearly failed second grade because of handwriting. Okay. Um, Because I had some some neurological things going on that was affecting my fine motor skills. I, I cannot imagine a world in which that is okay. And as soon as I had a computer and could type, I was typing everything. And, you know, the fact that you could be dinged in a, in a class for a mechanical issue just seems silly to me. Okay, um, so, so, so my then, response to that, first of all, if you, if you were a student <laughs> today and you had terrible handwriting because of a neurological issue, you would be given something called an IEP. So you would be yes. given an IEP so you would have special accommodations and you should be given a computer for typing. But it being a it being okay. a universal thing, no. You being someone with special needs needing it, yes, you should have been given access to a computer for note taking. Now let's talk about Title One and how many, many of the students who are at Beish Martin, which is you know, a, a more affluent school than many in the school district are well under the poverty line and probably don't have computers at home. They probably have one or two mobile devices that they have access to with limited data plans. So the fact that they now have computer access because of COVID related stuff, they're, they're getting those soft computer skills that you're talking about. Um, you know, the, the thing sort of diving back to what, what my eldest picked up during quarantine was they started doing incredibly inventive things with uh, Google Slides, for example. They built a virtual neighborhood in Google Slides, and each one of them had a page, and each one of them had had edit access to that, and they could move their little avatar. They built a game for themselves that was a social game, and they moved their little avatars around to their different like houses and talked in the in the comments area about like you know what they were doing, and like I don't know, that's cool. That is cool. That is very cool. Uh, so I'm not saying all computers are bad. I think uh, there. Sh- I think it needs to be scaled back a bit. I think giving every student their own laptop is not a good idea. Uh, I think there should be computer access, and there can, of course, be accommodations given when needed. Uh, but replacing agendas with computers and having everything be computer-based 
uh, I think is a step back for executive functioning and is a step back for uh, overall uh, student uh, exploration, if you if you will. I, I hear you. I'm not sure that the, that the research ultimately supports that position. Um, you know, I think it's just different. Uh, there's also some research about how uh, different, for even just like going into, like looking at college students and the different tracks that they go into in terms of uh, the, the physical sciences, social sciences, uh, humanities, they have different but equally powerful uh, problem-solving skills. Uh, you know, they, they approach problems differently, but will eventually reach the same result, you know, in a, in a laboratory task. Uh, and I think that similarly, computers are just, they're just another tool. There's nothing, there's nothing particularly positive or negative about them. They're a rock that we tricked into thinking. Mm, a rock we tricked into thinking. Wow. That's a yeah. good quote. Wow. It's not mine. I stole it from someone. Well, that I mean, it's, it's like, you know, I, I think that, uh, I'm from a, a particular weird, I, I don't really go in for the generation things, except for that it just feels really good to this particular descriptor. Like there's a micro generation between Gen X and the millennials that I fall into date wise, uh, sometimes it's called Xennial, sometimes it's called the Oregon Trail Generation, which is my favorite, um, because we played that in, in, uh, oh, yeah. in computer labs oh, yeah. in elementary mm-hmm. school. Uh, you know, we grew up without the cynicism of Gen X, but without the, the native life of living in the computer world. Like, we grew up alongside the computers, the my my elementary had you know the shoebox Macs, mm-hmm. the the app the Mac classics, um, and I don't know if you had this, Michael, but uh, did our computer lab we had like this black vinyl stuff that they put over the keyboard so you couldn't see the 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 um, the legends on mm-hmm. the keys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like we learned to touch yep. type really yep. fast yep yeah we had uh we had that and there were also like little plastic things that went over it so you have to that's when mm-hmm. you learn to put your fingers on your pointers on the home row and you do yep. all that yep oh yeah i remember those were you know those yeah. uh i remember in high school i had a class where we played roller, roller coaster tycoon uh yeah it was just and just uh, uh a program called visual basic remember that so we mm-hmm. did a lot. We did a oh, lot yeah. of that in high school, uh, but yeah. Uh, so I was born in 1987. So do I fall into that range? No, you're you're firmly in the millennial mm, range. Damn it! Uh, but also to to borrow from William Gibson, the future is here. It's just unevenly distributed. That applied back then too, because okay. like I was growing up where computers were being actually built. Yeah, yeah. So they were just around us all the time. So you know your your experience could very well have been very similar to mine. It's just that, you know, in your locale, that was, you were developing those skills along with the computers at a different, slightly different time than I was. You know Interesting. I mean? um, <clears throat> there's lots of bullshit theorizing. Excuse me. No, you're uh, good. You're good. <laughs> both of my podcasts are rated, uh, are, are, have the explicit tag. Um, so does this one. 
I feel like I swear a lot more now that I li- like have been living in Philadelphia. It happens. I don't know. Maybe it's a Philadelphia thing. It's because you drive around these neighborhoods, which makes anyone go crazy. I, sh- sure. I try not to. Uh, <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I. Th- so, and my dad, who is a computer engineer, uh, thinks that soft computer skills are very important. Coding, less so. Coding is interesting. Coding is something that you could definitely pick up in your spare time. He does not think that schools should be teaching coding uh, because he thinks that there are probably too many coders um, there and not enough people who are doing other interesting things with their lives. Um, you know, and the other thing about coding is that the languages that they're teaching in elementary school will be beyond passe by the time that they are actually in a position to make money off of writing code. Um, so is learning the fundamentals of coding, it, the the fun, sort of the concepts of coding, good? Sure. Uh, there are other things you could be doing with your life, though. Uh, and the... But getting the... Getting to the place where you're comfortable problem solving with a computer is is the key there because you know coding is getting more complex by the day uh a lot of people who who write code don't you know hand write i know some people who do who don't they, they don't write hand write code they they use libraries of code and they basically chunk things together based on on the needs i'm probably really oversimplifying it and somebody's gonna yell at me but um you know, the coding is a is a skill you can pick up later on. Being comfortable with the computer is something that has to come early. I agree. In in my opinion, I could be wrong. I probably am. No, I I mean yeah, I agree. I mean it's I've never been overly comfortable with computers, and I've had opportunity to learn how to code. Um, you know, a little bit in my current position. And and even in, in past volunteer positions, et cetera, and yeah, I, I'm like I I I'm lucky that I'm understanding how to use Google Meet and Zoom, <laughs> yet alone you know doing something like that. Uh, given the time, I think it would be good to wrap this up. Um, thank you so much, Aaron, for joining us and for. Uh, explaining and, and talking about being a hashtag girl dad, <laughs> um, and then and then we we somehow launched into social media technology <laughs> school, which you know like that happens. It yeah. happens every time Mike and I talk too. So I think it's um, just because it's so prevalent these days. Uh, but thank you so much, Aaron, uh, for joining us. We appreciate yeah. If anybody it. wants to come argue with me in person, I'm generally at the Eastern State Penitentiary Playground. Okay. Nice. Uh, after school, I hang there too. When I <laughs> that is a great that's so. a great playground. It is. Yeah, yeah it really and is. The and the little I, sandbox behind there is cute too. Yeah, and I gotta say, seeing a, a post on a Facebook page about a random podcast that hasn't even been published yet and willing to be on it uh, and and just say, hey, I'll do it, and then so so that's that's. Pretty damn cool, Aaron. Yes. Well, I have all this gear. I might yeah. as well. I so appreciate it. We thank you for it. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, uh, it's the first time I've been on somebody else's podcast. Wow. That's cool. Nice. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, I will 
uh, explain to you how to send me that soundbite when we end our podcast. So good night, stranger <laughs> listeners. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.